morning and welcome to those of you who are joining us online. Glad you can be with us here this morning as well. Um, let's just pray to continue moving through our service. Lord, as the, the team and I prayed right at the beginning of this service, it's, it's all about you. Um, as we talk about community life, it's it because of who you are and what you've done in our lives and the body that you've made us. As we get into your word and, and talk about life and light, it, it's always because that's who you are and that's who you're making us to be. And it's in worship that we say, do more of this than us, Lord. Um, so we, we come to give you all of ourselves in this moment. So we, we offer you our attention. We offer you um, all that we are. It's all for you. It's all about you. In Jesus' name. We invite Shelly Arbor to come on up. Um, oh, and uh, there are congratulations that are in order. Um, Honor and Haley got engaged here. As a segue, um, Shelly, we asked Shelly if she would share a little bit about some showers and meals and ministries. Done something like that, so we need to sort of revamp our teams here a little bit. So I'll turn it over to Shelly. Okay, perfect. Hopefully, I don't forget anything. Um, I guess my history with what was once called congregational care and then called Meals Ministry, and it's had a few different names. Started about 17 years ago when my figure was a bit more rotund. So when I was pregnant with James, I started helping with the celebrations at the church and um, have been a part of Meals Ministries as well. And that's looked a little different over the years, depending on the so far farther away. It feels very definitely. So I guess I'll share first of all Meals Ministry. Um, I hope that if you've been part of the church for any amount of time, and not that I hope you found yourself in need, but if you've had a situation of maybe having a surgery or a new baby, or perhaps a death in the family, I hope that you have felt the blessing of having some meals come your way. Um, we usually try to um, provide three meals to families that have had one of those life events or something similar. I just had the opportunity to be reminded of what a blessing that is, especially if there's a new baby in the home, it just frees the mom up to just focus on the baby and other children in the family. And um, as a bonus, if you're the person delivering the baby, the meal, you might get to hold said baby, which is always just a perk of that um, particular role. So I'm um, thrilled to be the point person for meals ministry by the church moving forward. Um, celebrations has uh, kind of ebbed and flowed a little bit as the body of our church has done the same. Um, and of course, COVID notwithstanding, that made things like in-person showers difficult and we pivoted and did, you know, group gift cards and different things like that. So um, I would definitely welcome help with some celebrations planning from a few people. So if that's something where you say, hey, I think that I'd like to um, lend some of my time or my uh, passions for just even your gifting to helping um, make sure that the life events in our church get celebrated um, well. Um, please do talk to me about that. And if you are interested in being able to provide 
in the meals ministry umbrella. That doesn't mean you have to take a hot meal at 5.30 on a certain day. If you let me know that you're able to help in any way, that can look um, different depending on what works for you. We've had people take frozen freezer meals so that people can use them when they need. If you're able to take a hot meal, great. If you're able to purchase a skip the dishes gift card, great. When our family all had COVID and we were all very down and out, I had a friend from church just shoot me a text and say, hey, I just need transferred you, please place the pickup order for your supper tonight. And that was a huge blessing. So it can look any number of ways. So please don't feel like if you felt like you wanted to be part of meals ministry, that a meal has to cost a certain amount or look a certain way. We do um, just connect with families to check about like if there's dietary uh, restrictions or preferences, but that's really about it. I will admit to delivering a rotisserie chicken, a bag of buns and a salad, and that's a meal and it's less the family. So please don't feel any pressure around that. If either, um, helping with the meals ministries or being part of a group that helps um, make celebration happen for our brothers and sisters here at church. It's something that interests you, please. Uh, chat with me either after the service or I can have Christina just send me my contact information in the next um, email. I often wonder if people think it's either brave or stupid to give me free reign with the mic. But anyway, I appreciate your faith in the event. Um, and I gave the mic to her for sort of last and I noticed and I'm super fuzzy this morning. Did you just take this rather than me feeding the questions? And she did a great job, didn't you? So, thank you. It's, it's essentially a ministry about how do we love people, right? How do we just take care of some people? And if you want to be part of a ministry of loving the people who are in this room and taking care of them, talk to Shelly. And, and like she said, those those meals look different all the time. And it's a rotational thing. So it's not like we call you every time someone has a surgery. Um, so the more people that we have saying, hey, once in a while I can help out, the more we can spread that out across the number of people and the less the more detail in the process. Grab your Bibles and go to the book of John. Lord, this is a book where you remind us that the word becomes flesh. Lord, if you don't take the word and put it in the form and in the place that it belongs and in our lives, in our, in our neighborhood, in our hearing, in our hearts, uh, the word won't have become flesh. It will, it will stay on a page, which is not where you intended it to stay. So would you do your work in us this morning such that we receive the word and it becomes flesh, becomes part of us, becomes something that begins to walk and live and, and love other people in the meals ministry. And, and share the good news with the person down the street or walk alongside someone who is in trouble at the moment. But this is, this is why you came. So where would you continue to come and today bring life 
and light to us, that we may be your life and your light to other people. We can only do this as your spirit empowers us. So fill us and guide us in Jesus' name. Amen. I love that Sarah read this passage this morning in that introduction um, from the message. I'm going to read the Gospel of John. This is called the prologue of the Gospel of John. So the first 18 verses, I'm going to read them. I'm going to read them slowly. I want you to read them like it's a poem, because in many ways, actually, it is poetic in nature. Um, in this prologue, what, what John does is he packs it full of all of the themes that are going to come out in the rest of this gospel. And I'm not going to unpack most of them this morning. You're going to have to see them and just notice them as they continue moving through, uh, showing up through the gospel. So themes like belief, themes like uh, testimony, witnessing. In other words, that when God does something, what we must do is share. Uh, glory is another huge theme through this gospel that Jesus came in order that the Father be glorified, that he did something in us in order that Jesus be highlighted in the world, that Jesus become famous. I mean, that's a major theme of this gospel. I'm not going to touch on it today at all. But there are just there are a number of things that come up in the prologue. He is introducing what is going to happen in the rest of this gospel. So you're going to notice that this morning. I'm only going to unpack a couple here. But let's read this prologue together. I'm going to be reading from the um, New American Standard Bible. I don't claim that it's the best. Um, it's just one that I picked this week. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, not even one thing came into being that has come into being. In him was the light, and the light was the light of mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not grasp it. A man came, one sent from God, and his name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He himself is not the light, but he came to testify about the light. This was the true light that coming into the world enlightens every person. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not accept him. But as many as did receive him, to them, he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who are born not of blood, nor of the will of God, nor of the will of a man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, glory as of the only Son of the Father, full of grace. The truth. John testified about him and called him, saying, This is he of whom I said, He who is coming after me has proved to be my superior, 
because he existed before me. For of his fullness, we have all received grace on grace. The law was given to Moses. Grace and truth were realized they came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. God, the only Son, was in the arms of the Father. He has made him known. This is the word of the Lord. And think about this at the time, I probably shouldn't take the more poetic translation. Um, nevertheless, as you get into the book of John, not just in the prologue, but as you continue reading through the book of John, I, I want you to read it like it's a poem. Whether you're in a, the dialogue with the woman as well, I want you to go through it slowly and chew on individual words. I want you to notice when Jesus says something and you can't actually tell if he means this or if he means that. Or does he mean both at the same time? That's what poetry does, right? Poetry has layers. The Gospel of John has layers. Uh, I shared once that someone described the Gospel of John as um, a pool in which a child can wade and an elephant can swim. There are depths upon depths to the Gospel of John here because there are depths upon depths to who Jesus is. And we will not exhaust him. We will not get to the bottom. But we're going to try. We're going to go deeper. I have a poem. I used this poem to introduce the Gospel of Matthew when we did that this side about five or six years ago. Um, I'd like to go through it with you. Olivia actually did the wonderful job of playing it on slides for me. Um, and so I'm going to read it for you. This is a poem by Gundam Perry, who's a Christian. Um, most of what he, he writes really think is overtly Christian. Um, but I actually have this poem on my wall because it has, it has reminded me of Jesus over and over again. And he says, in a time that breaks, in cutting pieces all around, when men, voiceless against thing-ridden men, set themselves on fire, it seems too difficult and rare to think of the life of a man grown whole in the world, at peace and in place. But having thought of it, I am beyond the time I might have sold my hands or sold my voice and my mind to the arguments of power that go blind against what they will destroy. I'm going to put that up on the, a slide where you can see all of that once if you have excellent eyesight. I put it up on that slide, and Olivia said, I can probably break that down for you. And so you can bless her uh, this morning for doing that for us. Thank you very much, Olivia. It's not immediately obvious as you read that poem what it's about. That's one of the things about poetry, is that there is 
there is a, a resistance to getting it. And in order to get a poem, you have to sit with it. It takes time. The Gospel of John and Jesus himself are poetic like that. There is a resistance that will happen if you quickly read the Gospel of John. You'll come away from it getting, going, I don't, I don't get it. I have no idea what Jesus just said there. There are moments in the Gospel of John that will absolutely turn you away from Jesus. If you're not willing to sit and let him start to read you and, and, and enter into conversation with him about what, what exactly are you getting at here, Lord? Because you lost me. You know, for example, Nicodemus comes to Jesus and says, good teacher, we know that you're a person sent by God because no one can do the things that you're doing. And Jesus says, truly, I tell you, um, in order to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. How did that, did you, I know you've read those things over and over again, right? But did that follow logic? The teacher, you're from God. And Jesus responds to none of his words. Or does he? It takes time to sit with this Jesus. And he will push you away if you get annoyed by this kind of things. And he will draw you in if you are willing to say there is something here that's worth it for me. Jesus is always like that. Okay? Let's stop pitching Jesus as the cuddly, warm uh, guy who will just bless everyone. You know, as much as he does welcome the children and, and so on, there's a really off-putting nature to Jesus that you need to be aware of. And he will push you away if he can tell that you are not actually in it for the right reasons. And that's still love. Read this gospel slowly and look for the layers. There are layers of meaning to this gospel that go beyond simple statements um, that seem to make sense. Sometimes Jesus will say something that will um, have more than one meaning. So even in this prologue, look at verse 5. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not. And your translation, like as Sarah read this morning, her translation said, extinguish it. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not extinguish it. Other translations will say, the darkness did not grasp it. Other translations will say, the darkness did not understand it. The point there is that it's a pun. It's a word used to mean two different things. The Greek word there means both. It can be translated either the darkness cannot grasp it as in get a hold of it or grasp it as in, oh, I get it. I grasp what you are saying. The Gospel of John has this over and over again. In the dialogue with Nicodemus, once again, Jesus will say, you must be born. And the Greek word there can either be translated from above or it can be translated again. You must be born. Which is it? You don't have to pick. It, it's both. But you have to be willing to sit, to, to sit with things and look for layer upon layer to this Jesus and to what he is saying. 
pull them here. Because the light is on there. Is the poet talking about himself or is he talking about Jesus? The time that breaks and cutting pieces, right? It's a disastrous time. So if you like our world, then you set themselves on fire. Okay? It seems too difficult and rare a thing to think of the life of a man grown whole, a peace and in place. Where everything else is breaking, this poet has caught the vision of someone who is not breaking with it. Is actually doing the opposite. Is growing more and more at home, at peace and in place, as a wholeness and a fullness and a life that is in contrast to the rest of the world around. Is he talking about himself or is he talking about Jesus? Is that not a picture of Jesus? That in contrast to the rest of the world, light and darkness is a huge theme to the gospel. Jesus being the light in a world that is completely dark. And yet, Jesus is that person who becomes the picture of wholeness in a world that is fracturing and breaking apart. I think what's going on in this poem is that having caught a vision of Jesus himself, the, the poet becomes the person who is focused on. He becomes the Jesus God wants him to be in a world that is breaking apart. That is the vision of the Gospel of John. That we, having caught a fresh vision of who Jesus is, focus on who he is and what he wants to do because of what we see what he did, we see what he still does and what he wants to do in us in order that we become the Jesus to the current world that is fractured and dark and broken. And we do it by focus on Does that make sense? Two people got it. I'm the moment. All right. It's going to be it's going to be one of the themes that come out in this gospel and in this series in particular that what God does in Jesus, he will do in you. What God, what God does through Jesus, he will do through you. The relationship that Jesus has with the Father, God gives to you. The unity that is there between Father and Son has been offered to you. The very life that Jesus lives in, in its wholeness is meant to be birthed and lived in you, in me. And I do mean the miracles. And I do mean the intimacy with Jesus. And I do mean the character. 
And I do mean speaking the words of God. What we are going to see in this gospel is that what we see in Jesus is a foretaste of what Jesus will do in us. And back that up with scripture, I'm not going to take the time this morning. I'm going to come up with the series we have seen yet for us. What God is going, what God, the, the light in the life that we see in Jesus is to be the light in the life that gets produced in you in order that we go into, into the world. Of you. This is the gospel that starts with the word. As Sarah uh, rightly quoted this morning from Eugene Pearson, um, this is the gospel that that reflects on in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and He spoke them into existence. This is the God who not only was there, but through His speech creates. We are going to see a gospel and experience a gospel in which we see that God speaking and creative things happen over and over and over again. This is the gospel in which Jesus speaks at length more than any other gospel. And with the exception of maybe Matthew and the Sermon on the Mount, we do get some larger blocks of teaching. In most of the gospels, Jesus speaks short, short um, parables, short sort of pithy answers to people. Um, whereas in, in the Gospel of John, he has long, long conversations with people. This is, this is the Gospel in which God says, I am highly conversational. And we better become highly attuned to that conversation with him. He wants to have it with us. It is not only that this is the word that gets spoken into our lives, but it is the word that needs to be heard in our lives in order that we then speak it to other people. In the beginning, it was the word. But that word still comes to you. And you and I must hear it and be ready to embody it and share it with others. I told someone this morning, this is going to be more of a devotional than I'm certainly not already walking down. Um, verse 4 and 5, if you look at it, in him was life, and the life was the light of mankind, the light of humanity, the light of the world, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not grasp it. In verse 9, in verse 9, this was the, the true light coming into the world that enlightens every person. What God, what God does in Jesus is shines light into a dark world. Jesus will say in this gospel, I am the light of the world. But what he does through this gospel is produce his light and light in you. In order that you may go and do the same. The, the hope of this gospel, the hope that the, of the life that we are looking for with Jesus is that he produced his life in us. In him was life. And that we, we, we come to such an intimate relationship with Jesus that, that his life spills over and out of us and it touches everyone else around us because as our, the life of Jesus touches everyone else around us, it becomes a light to them. 
It, in other words, it shows them Jesus. It shows them the way to live. It shows them that there is something different. That's the, that is what he is producing in us. That is what we are asking him to do as we go through the gospel of John, that he birthed a fresh new life in us that would spill over to the rest of the world. How do we do that? It comes out interestingly in both the poem that I read and the the passage here itself. We don't do it by focusing on the darkness. Lucian to the world and to the troubles that our world faces are not in the darkness. This is not the power of positive thinking. This is, it is fixing our eyes on Jesus. To think of the life of a man grown whole at peace and in place, but having thought of it, having, having set my mind on that, I'm beyond the time that I was sold out, the poem says. But the problems that are very real in this world. The darkness that is very, very real in this world. The solution to it is not by focusing on the darkness. The solution to it is by focusing on the light. And it's a light that is coming into the world, verse 9. Coming into the world, coming into the places where you are currently experiencing darkness. Where, as I talk about light and darkness, as you reflect on your own life right now, where are you currently seeing that there's still darkness here? The solution to that darkness is not by focusing on the darkness. It's by finding Jesus, the light, and going there. Let me give you a really, this is probably not, this is, this is a very, I think, a very good example of what I'm talking about. It may not necessarily resonate with all of you, but. Um, as probably some of you know, my kids, my kids see spiritual things. Um, they, they see angels and they see enemies. Um, sometimes with their eyes, sometimes more with the eyes of their heart. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to trust me if you're not, you're not up to speed on uh, this phenomenon. Um, my, as I was putting them to bed two nights ago, they, they came. I was super tired. I've been playing sick this whole weekend. And uh, so I was putting in bed and I was going to bed. Um, and they, they came up to me and said, we see this evil spirit in our room. And um, first of all, this isn't out of the ordinary. Second of all, like, welcome to life, guys. Um, this is, this is if you think Jesus just kicked them all out and they went to Africa, um, this, that's not the world that we actually live in, okay? It's also not something to be afraid of. They're more like pests most of the time. Um, and maybe just side note, my, my, my kids are very frustrating and we feel them kind of in the bed, but they're not, um, they, they don't make stuff up. I just kind of know my kids like this, so they're, they're not making this kind of thing. Um, so anyway, I was tired. 
Um, and we 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 have this happen before. And sometimes it takes, and sometimes just to pick something up just takes a while. They're not exactly illegal. Um, like third one left. Thank you. Um, that's good. Um, and so I, you can decide whether this is spiritualist bending higher. Um, but I, I came back to the room and I just said, guys, we're going to do resist the devil and heal of the Deuteronomy to you. So um, I want you to see Jesus. You see Jesus? Yep, you see Jesus. Okay. Ask Jesus to give you comfort and peace. Okay, do you feel it? Yep. Good. Good night. That's it. And then come back. Said it already left. Um, we don't focus on the darkness, we focus on the light. Okay? The solution to whatever darkness you are going through right now is not by fixating on the darkness, it's not by fixating on what it is that has caused that problem. The solution to it is in Jesus coming through that problem. So we need to stop asking, what's the root of the problem? Can we start by asking, where is Jesus right now? And Jesus, how do you want to reframe what it is that I'm doing? What it is that I'm seeing here? We do go afterwards occasionally. Um, we want to take the light, the dark. Focus on the light. This gospel is going to help us focus on the light over and over and over. I'd like to give you a minute to listen, and then I will, I will come back with you. Just take a moment and say, Lord, what do you have for me? Just take a moment, let's listen. I'm not aware that there's a lot of darkness. Um, this past week, my brother's first child was born and I sent immediately to the children's hospital. And from the children's hospital, is being sent to another children's hospital. <laughs> See the specialist because her life is on the line at the moment. And I don't even pretend to understand the world. And we, we lost Tori a couple of years ago, the little girl we didn't ask for. And then my, my brother, who's longed for a child and hopes for one for so long, gets one and looks and doesn't look good. This week, I am I'm flying out and go spend a week with them to be there in the hospital. And I, I am going, yes, with the, with the um, faith that Jesus says, you will do the same things I do in greater. So we'll certainly pray for healing and miracles. But I, It would, the reason for going was a little bit more just this conviction that it's just going to be the light. 
um, appreciated prayers. Um, these are about people who believe. And, um, but my prayer at the same time is that God would make me the light in a place that's dark and in a situation that's dark because Jesus is light, but he, he puts himself in us and sends us to a dark world. You are the light. Go bring the light to the places that are dark. Okay? That, that's why we are here to, to once again encounter this Jesus be transformed by him and to be sent out to a world where there is darkness. Okay? To be sent out to a world that needs Jesus. Go be the light. You have it. Let's, let us continue to focus on the light. Lord, would you make us people that bring the light? Maybe, may we be like a full moon that is always reflecting your light to a place that is dark. Always reflecting your light. Lord Jesus, you said, apart from me, you can do nothing. But if you remain in me, and I remain in you, then you will bear much for me. And Lord, that is, that we want that for ourselves. We want it for our family members. We want it for all of the people that we care about and the people that you care about who need the light. So Lord, would you once again birth your your light that is light in us, in order that we may share it with others, in order that the world be transformed, in order that the world see Jesus. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. It's time to let the light shine. He is going to shine light through each of you like you have no idea. If we move through this gospel of John asking that Jesus produce that life in us, you have no idea how it will change your world and this world. We were given this gospel at this time for a reason. He wants to change each one of us through this gospel at this time so that light comes to the places that you go. I promise you. Lord, do that in us. Lord, bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon each of you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace and his life and his light. In Jesus' name, amen. Blessings, friends. Have a great weekend.